Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. Ralph Pepito was a successful businessman known for starting several companies, including Nortec, the global heating, ventilation, and air conditioning company. When he died in 2019, he left his wife Barbara a large fortune. She used that money to launch the Pepito Opportunity Connection, a foundation with a $150 million endowment. The group's focus? Supporting organizations and businesses in Rhode Island's communities of color. The foundation's less than a year old and has already given away more than $7 million. My colleague Amanda Milkovitz talks to Barbara Pepito and Arnell Milhouse, a member of the Foundation's Advisory Board. That's after a short break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. With me today is Barbara Papito. She's the founder of the new Papito Opportunity Connection. And also joining us is Arnell Milhouse. He's on the advisory board and he's the founder of Career Devs. That's a nonprofit that helps students get a computer science degree in just one year. Barbara Papito and Arnell Milhouse, welcome to the Rhode Island Report. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. It's great to be here as well. Well, Barbara, let's talk about the POC. How does it work? My husband passed away two and a half years ago. And when he did, um, he graced me and blessed me with money to start the foundation. And I wanted to do something to honor him, but also to continue our work, we have a program called Read to Succeed that has been in operation since 2008. And along with our other charitable giving, I wanted to start something specific for the BIPOC community. Arnell, what's the elevator pitch for the POC? Tell me what exactly you do. The Pepito Opportunity Connection Foundation is here to support organizations and businesses in underserved communities of color. We are here to focus on job training skills, education, and entrepreneurship. Full stop. Wherever we find communities that are in need and that are doing work in these three areas, we're here to support you. We're here to listen, and we're here to help. 
Are you approaching somebody? Is somebody approaching you? And then what are the details when it comes to deciding that you're going to give money and how that's going to go? It's a little bit of both, Amanda. We have people that have presented proposals to us, but we've gone to them first and said, please put in a proposal. We'd like to help your organization. You're doing a lot of good in the community. We've had others that have come in a crisis mode uh, that was ready to shut their doors if they didn't have additional funding, and they were providing food in the community during the pandemic. So we needed to step in immediately and help them. And now we have a proposal from them to continue some additional support for them because that kind of uh, emergency support is uh, dissipates quickly, and it needs to have some, some kind of strong footing behind it to move forward. Uh, but we have also gone to people and said, we like what you're doing. We'd like you to do more. So it's, it's a lot of um, being, just responding to the needs and having these conversations with people to see what you need. Arnell, the POC uh, is investing in, in your project, Career Devs, um, funding full scholarships for 1,000 Rhode Islanders who are people of color. Can you talk about Career Devs and, and what your project does? Career Devs Computer Science Institute is a disruptive and innovative post-secondary school here in Rhode Island. We cater to adults. The average age is 28 years old. 20% of them have some post-secondary school experience, but the majority don't. And we take a four-year computer science curriculum and we distill it into a one-year process. We guarantee every graduate a job. What do you see as the ripple effect of this kind of an investment? It is a thousand people that would be making at least $50,000 a year, but on average, seventy-five dollars to $85,000 a year from communities of color. That's seventy-five dollars to $85 million in new salary generation. Already, the people of color that have graduated from career devs are buying homes, investing, going from being engaged for eight years to now being married. I've been invited to so many weddings and invited to, Arnell, meet me at this address. Why? Just come here. This is the key to our new home. Wow. I bought a new house. Right? And the transformation and the ripple effect is also going to make the fabric of Rhode Island stronger because the types of jobs that we're providing are software engineering jobs, Salesforce administration jobs. And when people hear that the program is being, that they don't have to pay the tuition, that's a miracle. Now we're paying the tuition up yes. front. They, they will have no yes. tuition. Yes, now POC is wow. paying full tuition. You know, some people in Rhode Island had associated the Pepito name with the controversy in 2007 when your husband, Ralph, he was chairman of the board of trustees at Roger Williams University and used a racial slur during the discussion about adding people of color and women to the board. I'm wondering if that experience in any way shaped your vision for the POC and the work you're doing now. Um, my husband made a mistake. He admitted after that he did make a mistake. It was uh, one of the worst, it was the worst time in his career. Um, he felt terrible about it later. It was not his nature. You know, we were married for 37 years. I lived with him, and never once did I hear him utter a racial slur. So I was as equally thrown back and um, um, 
very much taken back by, by what happened. So we form, form, formulated Read to Succeed after that to show that, you know, it was not our nature. We wanted to do something in the community. Read to Succeed is formulated and serves uh, five schools in the uh, BIPOC community. That's been kind of our answer, if there is an answer, and maybe there isn't. Maybe I have to make more apologies. This is a continuation of our conversations. We've always, he's always helped the underdog. He's always been there to support education and entrepreneurial skills and people. And so he, I think that um, he's looking down and he's very happy with what I'm doing. And I would like to touch upon the, the incident that took place with Ralph in 2007. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to meet Ralph the year prior to that at the Providence Foundation at one of their meetings, and I was a member there. And every time someone came in, I always made it a point to ask a question. And after the meeting, there was a hand on my shoulder, tapped me, said, hi, young man. He goes, those were really amazing questions, and you know, I'd like to find out more about what you do. And it was Ralph. And he gave me his business card. We talked a little bit. He goes, if you need anything, he goes, let's talk. So a year later when that came out, it was a major, major situation here in Providence. And so I was trying to reconcile. I was like, wait, I believe this was a gentleman. That I, I know this. So I'm going through my drawer. Mm-hmm. I go, yes, this is, this is Ralph Papito. And I'm like, I wonder what in the world is going on there. Now, fast forward, 2020, I have a conversation with Barbara and we, we really got into that. But for POC, it has been a great starting point for conversations within communities, especially for myself within communities of color, because we're talking also about America. America has enslaved people, my people, for hundreds and hundreds of years. They've made mistakes, but we have forgiveness for this nation. We can move past that atrocity. We all make mistakes. We all hurt people that we love. And if there can be true apologies and true and sincere desire to move forward, the bond can be made stronger after that. Was it really important that there was an open and honest conversation about this before people could move forward? Absolutely. It would be disingenuous and we would be... You... If this is something that you couldn't live with yourself. You can't take funding and then have this aching hole in your soul. But by talking about it, there's healing. So you've been meeting with a lot of focus groups. And before you even started distributing money, um, you wanted to know what people thought. And it was important to have the focus group first, Barbara, in order to decide how the Pepito Opportunity Connection would, would work. We wanted to be responsive to the needs. We had, like I say, I have no idea as a white person what I can do to effectively change the life of someone in the Hispanic community or Asian or black or uh, indigenous. But by going and having these focus groups, we're able to ask the questions, what do you need? And like we say, we're here to listen. We're here to help. Arnell, can you uh, talk about the focus groups? How exactly was that carried out in different communities? Yes. So the POC 
Board of Advisors is an entirely BIPOC board. And we had each member go out into the community and lead the charge with their constituents, with their neighbors, with their friends, and bring them together. Some were very informal. Some were one-on-one. Sometimes we would have group settings where there were 10, 15, 20. The largest I believe we had was about 50 to 60 people in one room discussing topics that they wanted to talk about. Was there anything surprise you that you heard? We were everything was surprising. Really, what I'm, do you I'm mean? telling you, the level of pain was mm. really, really surprising. The level of pain, and I, I see it as trauma. It was really, really stark and surprising. And sometimes you forget, you know, my business. I've been successful, and so it's a really, really great reminder that even while we're drinking our vente lattes, that there are people that are in pain. So many organizations were on their last. They were beyond. They were living on fumes. They were running on fumes. Mm. People were working Mm -hmm. two or three jobs for their family and also paying for their foundation or helping their business stay afloat. You shouldn't be working to keep your business in operations. So honestly, Barbara's idea for POC came at the right time because a lot of businesses, they didn't receive the PPP. And so what we found was that they were desperate. So it's not that we don't recognize that all businesses are suffering, all small businesses, mom and pops, but we do see that there's a disproportionate amount of, you know, we, we just helped fund a sports team that are going to events with regular T-shirts while the team that they're playing against have uniforms. Mm. And it's, it's such a... mentally traumatizing experience for these children and for the business owners and to know that you're doing your very best, that you're competent, that you're capable, but there is no help anywhere. You're in the middle of the ocean and your hands are up, all all five fingers are up, and you know you're going down. So we are here to really breathe hope. This, that's the state's model, and Barbara and myself, we always talk about divine intervention. The entire board has a level of faith, different people from different walks of faith. We simply have to roll up our sleeves and get hands-on. Arnell, I'm so glad you brought up faith, because that's a question I really wanted to ask Barbara, and have you talk about uh, more about your faith. It, it's it's clear it's very important to you, and um, you wear your own cross, you wear your husband's cross, and I'm wondering about how your faith is guiding you um, in developing POC. When I first started talking to John and Ed, my trustees, that we wanted to do something, that I uh, would rely on them if they would join me in doing something significant, Um, and they are both men of faith as well. Uh, we were going off in one direction, and that fell, we fell flat on our face with that. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing because we would have put money into something that would, the money wouldn't have served what we wanted to do. Um, so we always felt that we've been guided by divine inspiration, that that fell apart for a reason. Then the pandemic hit, which changed everything. We know it's from... from some other source. It's from our hearts. It's from divine intervention that comes to us that tells us, go this way and that way. 
And we've we've followed that. And there's been a few other instances. And we, well, the name, Papito Opportunity Connection. I at first wanted Papito Opportunity Hub, uh-huh. thinking the same way of a connection, a hub taking people like in an airport. You need to make a connection to get to your destination, to get to success. So I love the word hub. We could not get the domain. <laughs> so when we came up with Papito Opportunity Connection, we went, whoa, POC stands for people of color. It's what we're about and what we want to do. It suits us so much better than hub. But I was I was standing firm on that hub idea. <laughs> and um, but the other things happen that turn out for the better. And we think that this was just one of those kind of, you know, interesting little twists. It's so funny to hear that story because I was going to ask you, I thought that was intentional. They called the Pepito Opportunity Connection. And I was like, oh, POC, of course. No, we looked for another word that would work <laughs> instead of hub. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how that all came about. And uh, the, but then we were hooked on Pepito Opportunity Connection. Then it seemed completely obvious. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that you've launched and it's officially public, the Pepito Opportunity Connection, I imagine you're going to have a lot of interest. How can people get in touch? When can, can they get in touch? We have determined that uh, we will right now, unless something is taken to us by our advisory board, because they've brought most of our proposals to us, they can continue at any time to bring a proposal forward. But because we're expecting quite an interest, uh, we have decided that we will do a two-time a year uh, submission, and that we will respond within 45 days to those proposals. And, and, and be responsive. Uh, but we've, we've limited that now to two times a year. And all that information is now up on our website, which is pocfoundation.com. The Rhode Island Report is so grateful to have both of you here with us today. Arnell Milhouse, uh, Barbara Pepito, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Amanda. Yes, thank both. Thank you. Thanks to my colleague, Amanda Milkovitz, for that interview. To learn more about the Pepito Opportunity Connection, check out her article in Globe, Rhode Island. Here are a few other stories to check out this week. Voters on the east side of Providence have elected a new state senator. Who is the winner and what does it mean for politics in Rhode Island? We have special coverage from me and Globe columnist Dan McGowan. My colleague Alexa Gigas has a profile of a URI senior who is researching a technique to treat drinking water with seashells. Find these stories and more at globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. Got a tip? Have someone you think we should talk to? We'd love to hear your ideas. Send us an email at rinews at globe.com. 
And if you like the show, do us a favor, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.